Coming to you from BLC Studios in Mankato, Minnesota, this is the Bethany Vikings Podcast. Hosted by Brock Aker, Jake Anderson, and Gabe Stace. It's time to go inside Bethany Athletics. Welcome back to another edition of the Bethany Vikings Podcast. I'm Brock Aker, joined by Gabe Stays. We have a lot of star power here on the episode today. We're going to talk about all the awards. The yearly awards just came out yesterday for women, and the men just came out seconds ago, and we'll recap that. We'll recap the men's in track and field. The softball had a great week, but we're going to focus mainly on the winter sports and the spring sports next week on our spring break special episode. But the guest today, Brian Smith, Kyrie Mayfield, Abby Olson, Hannah Geisfeld, including the awards today. That is 10 first-team all-conferences combined between those four players. You add in year two for golf, that's 12 first-team all-conference players going to be on the podcast today. It's going to be fun, Gabe. I appreciate the shout-out, Brack. Four legends on the show. Let's get rolling. All right, we'll start with the yearly awards that just came out yesterday with the women's basketball. Player of the year for the third straight season, Hannah Geisfeld. Hannah Geisfeld had an unbelievable year. She averaged more points than any of her other first four years here with Bethany and she takes home the award again. We'll go in detail more of that with Anna Geisfeld because I'm going to be interviewing her. First team all-conference, all-defense as well, Hannah Geisfeld. So that's her first all-defense award. You t- talk about the improvement even in her fifth season. Yeah, what an honor for that. And to get first team all-defense, I think uh, kind of surprised some people, but she's deserving of it. Coach Lyle Jones, he got the coach of the year again. Back-to-back seasons for him getting the coach of the year. So another great year for the legend that leads our women's basketball team. All right. First year player of the year. Last year, Sarah Kotke. This year, the award stays at Bethany, and it's Haley Meyer. She came up huge, scoring double digits in about every game since she started, starting with that double-double against North Central. The big-time award for her. I don't know if Kotke got hurt, Gabe, if she would have gotten this award, but that playing time really opened it up and she should be special for the years to come. Yeah, ever since Kotke went down, she really she really stepped up, as you said. Her court awareness, uh, ability to cut, and then recently we've seen her make a ton of threes, so she's going to be a special player. Including that one against Northland where she hit seven of them. You know who else likes to hit three-pointers? Alexis Cloyd. She got an honorable mention along with Haley Meyer. What made her so special this year for the Vikings as a freshman, Alexis Cloyd? Well, I think her ability just to, to handle the ball, move the ball around, um, I think we, we saw with her ball movement, one of the better uh, guards on the team in terms of doing that, and then obviously her ability to knock down shots. That's that's huge in an offense when you have a player like Hannah Geisfeld who's going to draw attention into the middle of the floor. All right, and then to round out the awards for the women, Abby Nelson gets the Sportsmanship uh, award for Bethany. So if you count them, that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven awards going to the Bethany Vikings this year for women's basketball. Not exactly the way you wanted to end the season with that loss to Morris, but that should not overshadow what a special year all the different team members uh, had performing for the Vikings this year. Absolutely terrific year. All of them well-deserved in my opinion. Moving on to the men's basketball side of things, Riley Ashburn just found out rookie of the year. Congrats to Riley on that. Jared Milinkovic, inaugural Defensive Player of the Year award. Uh, I know defense has been his calling card for uh, really all all five of his years here. To get that inaugural award, well-deserving there. First team all-conference, Brian Smith. Again, we'll have him on later on in the show. Second team all-conference, Hunter Nielsen. Well-deserving of that, of course. Honorable mention all-conference, Kyrie Mayfield. Another guest we're having on. And Jared Milinkovic, 
Sportsmanship Award, Brock, that goes to Jacob Milinkovic. So congratulations to him. One thing that stood out to me between the women's basketball and the men's awards here is the freshman of the year. We have Geisfeld coming on the podcast, Olsen, Smith, Kyrie Mayfield. They're all graduating. There's going to be a lot of opportunity, but it's nice that both rookie of the year still come from Bethany. I think we'll still be competitive for the years to come. Yeah, bright talent, a lot of young talent on both teams. Snubs, I think there's a couple snubs in the men's. Starting with Hunter Nielsen, how does he break the record uh, for blocks in a season? And has he led the blocks with like 57 blocks this year, and he does not get an all-defensive team. Why is that? I, I can't tell you the reason why. I, I think both of you, both of us were shocked when we saw that, hey, he wasn't on the all-defensive team list. Um, felt like he was deserving just his, his footwork down low, too, the way he would match up with some bigger opponents. Limited fouling this year. I know that's been an issue, especially going back two seasons ago. We didn't see a ton of that this year. I think he should have been first team all defense, but the coaches obviously didn't see it that way. Yeah, 56 blocks was the number he had this year. And guess who led the UMAC in steals? I'm I'm going to say Brian Smith. Correct. He did not win all defensive team either. So the leaders in blocks and steals, I know those are just stats. And Jared Milinkovic, he, like he's a lockdown defender. I think he's probably the best defender on our team, even though he didn't lead us in blocks and steals. So you can take a little bit of a grain of salt, but I think still that's pretty remarkable to lead in steals and blocks and not get a one of them a sniff. So that's the only problem we have, I think, on, on these lists here. A great season, though, for both teams. A lot of awards for the men. Let's count them up. There's one, two, three. Four, five, six, seven awards for the men as well. So a lot of awards this year for the basketball team. But that's not the only awards that came out yesterday and today. The weekly awards. Tennis played again this weekend against St. Mary's and Carlos French. UMAC player of the week. He is the number one singles player for Bethany. He won his singles and his doubles. Led to the Vikings to their first program win over St. Mary's. And he won a single 6-4-6-1. He won the doubles 8-6. And that was the first time Bethany has had a UMAC Player of the Week in men's tennis since March of 2019. So very well done for the men's tennis team. Ben and Marcos also won uh, their singles. They had a big third set that came down to the wire. And that really turned the table to help the Vikings get their first win. 5-4 over the St. Mary's University. Yeah, and moving on to softball. Last week, missed it. Uh, came out Monday. Our show was recorded Sunday. But freshman Kaya Mork, in her first ever collegiate softball action, was named UMAX Player of the Week. Stay tuned for the weekly freshman feature to learn more about her. That comes out on Wednesdays on blcvikings.com. You can learn all sorts of information about her and her start, her amazing start um, as a Bethany Viking softball player. This week, however, Eden Ambrose was the player of the week. She led Bethany Lutheran uh, 2-2 weekend this weekend against four WIAC teams. Uh, Pretty impressive considering the competition they played. She personally went 5-9, for four runs scored, and two RBIs. Had a double, two walks, and four stolen bases. Certainly a well-deserved award for her. And then freshman Kayla Senner was the pitcher of the week for the second straight week to begin her career um, as well. She threw the program's fifth no-hitter in a win over Wisconsin Stout. Uh, Now, Brock, that was only a five-inning game, but there have only been a few of those in program history. She struck out 12 batters in the complete game win over uh, Wisconsin River Falls. 
allowed just three earned runs this weekend in 18 in- innings pitched, 24 strikeouts too, racking up the Ks. And and speaking of the entire softball team, again this weekend went two and two, so they split their Saturday games. Then on Sunday we had the blowout win. That was the perfect game for Senna in five innings. And then hanging tough with number 12 UW Oshkosh in that second game, only losing three to one. That's got to be good to see for uh, Coach Nessler to realize, hey. We can we can compete with almost anybody. University of Wisconsin, Oshkosh was 12th in the country. I think that just gives them confidence as they'll be going to Arizona this upcoming weekend to play some quality teams, and I think they're ready for it. I'm excited to see how they do uh, down there. And, yeah, Kayla Sene, fifth no-hitter in program history. Uh, anytime you get a no-hitter, it's very special, and it must have been a joy to watch that game. And for her team, it's a team. When you get a no-hitter, it's not just you. That's your defense and everything as well. Uh, so just a great weekend for Bethany softball. All right, we're going to do something with all these awards. We're like, why have has it took until Season 3, Episode 4 to do the Bethany Viking Player of the Week? That's a great question, Brock. We, we it, You came up with this idea, production meeting, and uh, we, we loved it. We think it's something that we're, we're going to continue doing. So uh, who who won our inaugural awards? Yeah, the, the only tough thing is we make fun of like sometimes like the UMAC voters for like the all defense. You, it's easy to say it, but when you have to make a decision, it's kind of tough. This women this week was really tough. You talked about Kayla Sene, and now we couldn't give it to her just because there was one person we thought just nudged a little bit better, and that was Stephanie Whitbrod. Yeah, Whitbrod this week. Three solo UMAC championships at the season-ending indoor meet at Wisconsin Superior. Um, talk about on Friday, she won the high jump and long jump, kicking off the weekend, and then backed that up on Saturday, winning the triple jump, and it was the first triple jump win conference championship in program history. Uh, Stephanie Whitbrod should be a star for years to come for uh, the Bethany track and field team. Yeah, those three championships was just enough to get her the first Bethany Viking Player of the Week. We'll have that award each and every week, but we're going to do for men as well. Men and women separate it just like the UMAC does. And this week, it was also kind of a difficult one. Uh, Jake Marzinski will get into detail. He won two more UMAC championships. But we gave it to Carlos French just because it was their first ever win against St. Mary's in program history. He won both his singles and doubles. And like we said, this was the first UMAC award for the men's tennis team in about three years, uh, hopefully a sign that the Bethany men's tennis team is going to turn around and be really competitive, make maybe the playoffs here this year, the top five. I like uh, all of our new recruits, along with Marcos returning last year. I think Bethany tennis is going in the right direction. The women did lose this week against St. Mary's uh, 9-0. to But that's the awards part of the show. We are going to go in detail now here just a little bit before we get to the interviews about the UMAC championships in track and field, and then also what happened to the men and women basketball this past week as well. We'll start with the track and field. We kind of briefly went over it, Gabe, but aside of staff, Kayla Tobin performed as well for the women's track and field. Yeah, that's right. Uh, She won both the 5K and the 3K uh, this past weekend. It was the first 5K title in program history. In all, those those two championships for her marked her third career track and field UMAC championships. Her second straight in the 3000 event. Defending her title from last year, obviously, we know what type of runner she is. Her the mentality that she brings, unbelievable athlete to help the Bethany women's track and field program. Morris did win the win the competition. Bethany finishing in second place. I know they thought 
they maybe had a chance to to come up and, and steal the crown this year. Didn't happen, but still, bright future ahead with, I mean, you talk about freshman Stephanie Whiprod, uh, sophomore Kayla Tobin, and the other runners they have. They're still a young team with a lot of growth ahead of them. Yeah, men's track, uh, they took down two awards. Before we get into Jake Marzinski, let's talk about Jaken, though. Our, our buddy, our pal, he, since he had the UMAC championships, he was a little busy this weekend. So that's why it's just me and you this week. But Jaken got third overall in his mile. I know Jaken wanted second, but still it was good to see him move up in that UMAC. He was one second, what, three-tenths of a second on that mile from breaking a, a program record. That's just got to be really tough, but that's still a great accomplishment here in his senior year. And I think he's coming back next year. Maybe he can break it then next year. Yeah, he texted me actually uh, after he finished the mile and was like, imagine being three-tenths shy of the mile record, which he owns, by the way, but still definitely something that he was pushing for this weekend. Yeah, I got that message too. I don't know what a tent. They they stayed in a hotel, I thought. Uh, yeah, three-tenths. That's tenths for oh, all you listeners tent. out there. Yes. Ten. Tenths with the H. The H is not silent. That's correct. I, d- did he have a typo on the message? He might have. He might have. Or we could be bad readers. I don't know. <laughs> all right, going on to Jake Marzinski. He won two events, the 60-meter hurdle, and he won the triple jump for the third straight year at the UMAC Championships. Just a very special, special track and field player. Kagan Rich was really good. We, he left. Uh, we didn't know how, how we were going to replace him, but, man, Jake Marzinski really filled in that role, and he's just a stud. Yeah, Marzinski did get one season under his belt while Rich was still here, and, and we knew that he was going to be a special type of athlete. Maybe could go down uh, when it's all said and done as the best in uh, the track and field program. Certainly in jumping events, I think he will be. All right, that's your men's and track and field update from this past week in the championships. The men did finish in third place. University of Wisconsin Superior took down the men's trophy again this year. All right, we'll go to the women's basketball team uh, this past week. And the first quarterfinal matchup was against Northland. And Gabe, they had the best probably offensive production in Lyle Jones' career here at Bethany. In Bethany's history, uh, what did you see in that game? Well, I saw Northland did us some favors with the type of defense they played, really took away the middle and allowed us to get any type of shot we wanted up without a contest around the perimeter. Led to his school record, 21 made threes in the game. Again, valued by that soft defense, but you still have to make the shots, Brock. Yeah, and sadly, that was really good, but they kind of used all up their three-point shots in that Wednesday night against Northland, and it's tough because you beat a Northland team 105-53, and we talk about it's kind of hard to learn from that game, right? And then you get to Morris, who Morris had a fight and beat a Wisconsin Superior, and then it kind of showed that. They were a little more ready than us on Friday night and delivered the blow that really took us all by surprise. Yeah, a real heartbreaker against Morris. Um, they were ready to play defense. I mean, we saw it throughout the game. They they changed their defense so many times, whether it was they pressed most of the game, it was a softer press. They they allowed us to work the ball up the floor, but still that takes eight, nine seconds off the shot clock, and then they're still up tight around their perimeter. Whether it was 1-3-1, one, 3-2, three, one, three, they, they switched it up. Sometimes it was a triple team on Hannah, sometimes single team against her, and just they kept us guessing on our toes all game, and we just couldn't find the right adjustments, Brock. Yeah, Jay Quate, I think she took home the Women's Defensive Player of the Year Award. And if you watch that game, uh, she was very well-deserved. She was all around sandwiching uh, Hannah Geisfeld in that 2-3 zone and that diamond press. It was really tough to get Hannah Geisfeld the ball. And then uh, the turnovers kind of mounted again for the Vikings. And, and Geisfeld, by the way, 
she's she did score 28 points in the game there. When she got looks, she was ultra-efficient, looking to go to the hoop, uh, shot the ball extremely well in that game. There wasn't much more that she could have done. Uh, it's just, unfortunately, the shot-making outside from three wasn't there, and the turnovers, as you mentioned, the, the changing defenses by, by Morris, they got to us, and we just couldn't adjust. We couldn't take care of the basketball. And then the three-point shots as well, three for 20 after going 21 for 53. We need to knock down those threes. That's what the 2-3 zone does for you. Uh, they give you that shot, and we just didn't knock any down. Yeah, especially we saw the looks from the corners we had, whether it was uh, Shindell, Christensen, lots of looks from corner three. Just couldn't make them. Dynasty that was, though, Brock. Moving on a little bit, three regular season championships the last four years. Three tournament championships, obviously, uh, uh, prior to this season. What really can you say about that? That We've never seen a run like that in the D3 era here at Bethany. Yeah, and that's what you got to take a whole look at. I know a lot of people are disappointed. They thought we're going to win another championship. We have the best player probably in the whole D3. But when you look at the context and everything now, uh, reflect what how special it was the last uh, four years, how blessed I was to call the games these last four years when Hannah Geisfeld and you had to the Abby Olsons and how special this run was. We, we should be very proud of everything, what our team accomplished. And Sarah Kotke and Abby Olson, they're going to be big parts of this team this year that we all thought. And Abby Olson obviously didn't get to play this year, and then Sarah Kotke got torn ACL. So still getting first place in the regular season with those injuries and those situations, I think that's it's still a win. I know Hannah Geisfeld was definitely emotional off the loss because she's just so good, and she expects so much of herself because she is so good, but I think uh, she should be proud of herself. I think the whole team of the younger girls should be proud and hopefully uh, carry that momentum when they have to next year without Hannah Geisfeld. Yeah, no doubt. Just an unbelievable legacy that they've left behind. Everything they've accomplished, Hannah Geisfeld, one of 20 players, 2,000 points, 1,000 rebounds in her career. Obviously, we could go on and on and on about her national player of the weeks. I will in the time. interview. Yeah, yeah. So, so Brock shouldn't go on about that. <laughs> but like looking at the future of this team, Ashanti Boykin, Alexis Cloyd, Haley Meyer, Sarah Kaki, Grace Sikink. Yeah, I think the, that's a player to watch. She was kind of banged up, and then obviously Geisfeld gets all those minutes at the post. I expect Grace Sikink uh, to step up next year and kind of be. She's not going to be the Hannah Geisfeld, but I think she can be a, a one of the better posts in the conference. Yeah, and all those players we just mentioned, all significant playing time. All They weren't overshadowed by, by the moment at all. Um, obviously, turnovers were an issue, but, I mean, you still have some leadership coming back. Taryn Christensen, obviously, coming back. Ashley Schindel. Uh The future still looks pretty good for this team. And Haley Meyer, freshman of the year. Uh, we've seen Alexis Cloyd win a UMAC Player of the Week. This team, it'll look a little bit different, obviously, but still very competitive. Absolutely. It was a tough loss, but I think we're still in good hands here. Going on to the men's basketball, they also had a tough loss against Northwestern. It kind of dropped to that four seed. Uh, They got a big win, though, to get to Northwestern against Superior, and you're really happy with how you saw Brian Smith just step it up after the team was down 40-29 to in the quarterfinal matchup against the University of Wisconsin-Superior. Yeah, he was huge. He just looked like, um, I mean, especially his shot making, his ability to get to the bucket and and score in that second half. It just seemed like he was going to do whatever it it took to get his team to victory, whatever it took to get the ball in the basket. Some of the shots that he made, he created space. uh, Just the way that he led the offense down the stretch, 
Drew Sagadal, he made some big-time shots in that uh, game, that second half. Just a really gritty, gritty win. You're talking about it down 11 uh, at the half. To come back, beat a team like Wisconsin Superior, and, and Garvin talked about it, they're a physical team. To do that was, uh, it was one of the more impressive performances that I've seen. And especially with the adversity, you talk about all the pressure you have, the Kyrie Mayfield, you have the Brian Smith, you lose to Northwestern and then North Central, and now you lose to Wisconsin Superior. All of a sudden, a year where you had that seven-game win streak, you looked like you had a chance to maybe compete with Northwestern and you might not even get to the semifinals. They battled back against that, and I think that's what uh, really impressed me. And they did that the whole year. They never were really able to put 40 minutes together in a game from start to finish, and I think that's why uh, they lost in that semi and they couldn't get over the hump. Uh, But they also did some really nice things against adversity. When they're down a lot during the year, they could have given up, um, especially against that superior. Um, But they did battle back. They came up with another big win at home in a great crowd. That crowd was unbelievable Wednesday night. I got to watch the game. I didn't call it. Uh, I came on and watched the men's game in the second half, and I sat right – I guess I stood on the track at the top part right by the basket. And you're, like, right over the basket. It's a cool atmosphere. If you sit inside the gym, but even stand on a track, I really – think people should try that coming to the <laughs> Bethany just going on the track I think that's a great spot to watch the basketball game if the stands are full it's a great atmosphere and just a tough loss to Northwestern a uh, tough way uh, to end the season and going on 3 against them but the, again they were down what by 18 20 points in the second half and they still kind of made it a game in the final two minutes yeah you, I mean you talked about the way we came back against Superior and just alluded to now that really could have turned into a blowout the final game against Northwestern but they, yeah, they came back, they roared back, uh, never gave up. They were fighting until the end, felt the momentum on their side a little bit, and just ultimately fell up a little bit short. That's kind of what defined the season a little bit, Brock. Close losses throughout the year. I know to end the season against Northwestern, against North Central, even at home against those two teams when we played them back prior to our seven-game winning streak. You look at some of those games that just kind of add up and can eat away at you. Uh, the way the team fought to the end was impressive to do that and Garvin talked about on the podcast last week I watched your interview with him and he just loves his guys you can see why it's just because of their heart their willingness to not just lay down but to battle back and I think we saw that this year going forward they got Hunter Nielsen coming back he was second team all conference and snubbed from all defensive team maybe he'll get that defensive team next year so our post is there it'll be interesting to see what guards step up next year with Kyrie Mayfield and Brian Smith because they will leave a pretty big hole yeah, for sure. I mean, the team is going to look a lot different. Garvin has a lot of work in front of him, but we've seen some guys. Bethany's ability to recruit some shooters in the past, I think that will most likely continue to be our identity moving forward. Obviously, we keep around Justin Trout, one of the best three-point shooters uh, in program history. Added Drew Sagadal, Ryan Samuelson. Fun fact on Ryan Samuelson later on in the show, I know. In the game, yeah, we're going to play a game with our two contestants. Oh, it's some Bethany trivia, so get ready for that. Just in total, to look back a little bit, Jared Malinkovich tweeted um, some point after the game. He alluded, like, for himself and to the seniors on, Twitter's, on Twitter, excuse me, two out of five in terms of rings. That isn't bad. It, certainly a lot to be proud for those guys. And I showed you the meatloaf. You never heard of meatloaf before, and I played that song for you when you told me that too. But, yeah, again, looking at the context, 
what Jared Malinkovich, the seniors, done, Kyrie Mayfield, Brian Smith, the way they took this program on heights. You talk about Trent Krieger, who's the assistant coach. He was a big part of that. And then Garvin, keeping the team competitive after Fletcher left uh, during COVID. And that's not easy to come in during COVID and recruiting. The last thing I would just leave is I'm excited for Riley Ashburn. He, he never played post before until this past year to help Nielsen. I look for him to maybe play more of a wing next year, maybe a guard, that versatility. I think he could become uh, one of the players uh, to step up uh, big time. And he already won Rookie of the Year, playing a position he's never played before. I think that's really special. So we'll leave that there. We'll get to the Bethany Vikings interviews with Kyrie Mayfield and Brian Smith here, and I'll talk to Abby Olsen and Hannah Geisfeld. Stay with us here on the Bethany Vikings podcast. All right, I'm joined now by some recently crowned UMAC award winners, Brian Smith and Kyrie Mayfield. Guys, how's it going? Good, good, good. Doing well. Very well. Good. Um, Kyrie, I'll start with you. I mean, uh, named UMAC, honorable mention. You battled some injuries this year. How did you feel the season went personally for you? I say personally for me, it was definitely a lot of ups and downs mentally with myself. With me already coming back off injury and then having to still deal with different injuries throughout the season, whether it's covid ankle injuries, eye injuries. It was just a battle mentally, but I'm glad that I got the teammates that I have. They definitely kept me going. So it, it was it was ups and downs, but it was definitely more highs. Overall, happy with how you felt. Uh, obviously, the team counted on you big time down the stretch of the season. Yeah, I know you missed a couple games even then, but overall, happy with the contribution you were able to give? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, I, w- I would say I, every game I at least tried to give it my all. So, And Brian, for you, uh, first team all-conference, congratulations on that second year in a row for you. You had a number of great performances this season. The second half against Superior in the first round of the UMAC tournament, that was one of the best stretches of basketball that I've ever seen played. Thanks. Um, <laughs> what was your mindset in that game? It just seemed like you were going to do whatever it took to make sure that that wasn't your last game. Yeah. Well, in the first half, I definitely was playing more conservative, I'd say. I think I had like six assists, which is never like obviously not a bad thing, but I was just definitely looking to pass more, just kind of reading superior, seeing what they were doing defensively. Being down, I was like, you know, kind of got, I kind of got to switch it up. Everybody on the team, Kyrie came up to me, Coach Garvin, you know, assistants, and just said, you know, like it might be go time. You might have to look to score the ball. My mindset just switched, and I just, you know, decided, you know, I got to just be more aggressive. And even if it wasn't scoring, just getting downhill, putting pressure on the rim. Uh, so it was really just my mindset just had to just switch to be more aggressive and change it up because I saw we were losing. McKinley Wright fourth. he tweeted at you um, after the game. Talk about your connection with him a little bit. Yeah, that's my dog. Uh, <laughs> I've known Ken since I was in seventh grade. So just, yeah, we went to school together, high school, stayed really close throughout, just one of my really close friends. That's that's Tim Rule's guard, uh, McKinley Wright the fourth. We're talking about. I actually saw his first NBA game blowout win against Houston season opener. Made it his only shot that game, a three pointer. Uh, been playing most of the year in the G League with the Iowa Wolves. Um, obviously, cool connection to have that for you. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For both of you, like, how does having each other on the floor, like the the game we talk about, one of you is able to take over. How does that take the pressure off of each of you individually? Oh, I can speak on this. I mean. My first, I say my first year, I definitely carried a lot of the load. So when he came, it was definitely like a breath of fresh air because he brings the same type of intensity and aggressiveness that I would bring. 
it's definitely a joy for sure. I like being, I love being out there on the court with him. Like it's, it's, it makes the game way more easier because not only is he a good basketball player, but he's a smart basketball player too. Like his IQ is there. He knows how to make the right move, moves and reads. So, and like he said, he can turn on the go, the on go is is there. He got a killer instinct for sure. And just kind of piggybacking off that, when you play with somebody who can do a lot of the same things as you, sometimes you just, when, you, when you're able to take your foot off, you can just watch them work. And it's just like, man, like, he's so, he's so good. He can, he can do everything I can do, you know. So that's, like, what it's like when I'm, you know, especially my first year here when I got here watching him, I was like, man, oh, my goodness. Like, this dude's a problem. And then even now, obviously he got injured, but just watching what he would do in practice still and in games, like, he's just a big-time shot maker. He just knows how to make shots, crazy finisher. So yeah, playing with him like it's he's the most he's the most fun one of the most fun teammates I've had to play with and just for watch sure. work just watch him work and for play. sure easily. Yeah, Brian, That's when impressive. when you first got here, um, I remember watching. I think it was a it might have been an exhibition game against Gustavus at home when I when I first saw you in action, and I remember telling Brock right away, I'm like, man, we've we've got a great player in Brian Smith. Um, can can really do a lot of the same things that Kyrie you were already doing. Now you finished. Kyrie, first all-time with points, 1,274 points. You missed basically a full season. I think sometimes we forget, and Brian mentioned it, like how prolific and dynamic uh, that you've been as a scorer uh, when you've been playing. What does it mean to you to be Bethany's all-time leading scorer looking back on that? In three years. (laughs) I mean, it's definitely a blessing for sure. It's a blessing to just be able to play the game of basketball and at the level, level that we are. I'm definitely great, like, satisfied, but I'm not satisfied because I believe it could have even been more. (laughs) Like, it could have been, I could have probably blown it out the water if I was to play the years that I could have been playing. Yeah, wholeheartedly agree with that. Speaking of that, are we done seeing you in a Vikings uniform? Um, Is is next season off the table? I'll definitely be around. Uh, it's not off the table. I don't know. It's up in the air right now, I'd say for sure. All right, we'll stay tuned with that. Um, talking more about this season, never able to get over the Northwestern hump. Um, what made playing them so challenging? And, like, for you guys, it had to feel like you were a better team than the fourth seed coming in for the UMAC tournament. But what made Northwestern such a tough team? Honestly, chemistry. They, they Those guys, the group of guys they have, they've been there together for four years, five years. I just say their system and their coach. Their coach, Coach Gross, is an amazing coach. He's a really, really good coach. Um, and I think he has those guys playing like a machine pretty much at times. And, yeah, so I give a credit to just the chemistry and the coaching staff is really good. Yeah, I'd say the same thing, the chemistry. And I feel like it's definitely the coaching staff, for sure. The coaching staff is – they're – they're real structured. They always come in with, they always come back with people with size. Uh, the recruiting class of theirs is always good. They're just a solid all-around basketball organization, girls and boys. Yeah, I mean, the men's team has basically run the UMAC for 15 years. Mm-hmm. You've been able to um, dethrone them a couple of times, obviously. Um, big props to you on that. For you two, you've played with two coaches here, both of you. What are some of the the challenges of that, and then some positives, like maybe getting a couple perspectives playing under Coach Fletcher, obviously, and then Pat Garvin the last couple of years. It was challenging at first, but 
once we opened Pat up with open arms, I think it, it just made a lot of things go more smoothly and uh, just open up our team chemistry as a whole. I feel like once we switched to Pat, um, a lot of players quit on us and we kind of like doubted what we would possibly do in the future. But uh, he kept us together as far as like making, letting us know like we're still that team, we're still a dangerous team regardless of who the coaching staff is or any team we play. He he always he always told us that he'd rather no not coach anyone but us. So it's just always good to have that type of like secure security with a coach. Definitely Brian for you. Yeah, I definitely agree. He did a really good job of just selling that brotherhood to everybody when he got here and just making sure that we all knew like, you know, regardless of the staff, like this program is for the players. And mm-hmm. It's all about the players, and you guys are student-athletes, so it's about your guys' experience more so than who's telling you what to do in terms of the coaching staff. So I think he did a really good job of you know, instilling that in the players. And just I'd say it's all, it was also a really fun experience because you know this, is just, this year was really his first full season. Full season, yeah. Because um, we only got like nine games, ten games last year. So this was his first full year as a coach. So his um, just his, his progression throughout the year and – Watching him grow as a coach was also really cool to see because you see that as a player, mm-hmm. just in you know different things that he does as a staff and, and practices, and so it was really cool to see that too. It was a really cool experience. Kyrie, your four years here, uh, Brian, three for you. Any special moment, either on or off the floor, that sticks out the most to you personally here at Bethany? Definitely the fans. I mean, the people here is just and the loyalty they show you love. I've been here since my. My freshman year, for sure, and I mean, I've always, regardless of it's teachers, students, they've always been, hey, that's the guy on the basketball team. He's pretty good. They always just welcome me. I've never had a problem with anybody here, so I definitely say the people is going to be the most memorable. I'd say for me, it'd be probably my first year when we won uh, conference. That was a pretty cool experience for me, because from my, my old school, we hadn't had as much experience since I was in high school. And then coming back and getting that feeling again was really um, really refreshing for me. Okay, we're going to move on now. First time we're doing this, Bethany trivia. So you guys get to be um, our guinea pigs a little bit. So here's how this is going to work. Friendly competition between you two and then also between the women's team. Uh, Hannah and Abby are going to be on later on the show with Brock. So you're going to get questions on the women's team. They will get questions on you. Uh, five questions plus a bonus question for each Write your answers on the whiteboard. Don't worry about, about spelling or anything. And, and then just show me the whiteboard and let me know your answer once we get there. Good luck to each of you. May the best one win. All right. So first question here. Including non-conference games, who led the UMAC in assists this season in women's basketball? This is on our team. But this well, is like throughout the whole conference. Yeah, uh, throughout the whole conference. But might help to look at that sheet. Brock and I haven't established the rules yet, everybody, in terms of, like, how many hints we're able to give. So we're just going by the seat of our pants right now. Brian's writing down an answer. Kyrie's still thinking about it. I want to say it was the PG throwing it to Hannah. (laughs) Alrighty, we can reveal your answers now. We have Kyrie Mayfield saying Ashanti Boykin, unfortunately, 
That was not correct, but Hannah Geistfeld is it. correct. She was number one in everything. <laughs> <laughs> 99 total assists this season, led by by Juan. That was all um, all games included. Uh, so, Brian, you get our first point. Yes, sir. Kyrie, still looking to get on the board? Thank you, man. <laughs> you know, she scored a lot. They give her the ball, you know. Yeah, she, she passed the ball too, though. Just crazy the, the type of season that she put together. Yeah. Points, rebounds, assists, let it all. Everything. Yeah. Go. go. All right. Go for sure. Next question. Uh who won the woman's UMAC Player of the Week award following the Larass tournament over winter break? I don't know her name. I know her jersey number though. All right. We got it? Yep. I think. Yeah. And we both got Alexis Cloyd. That's a point for both of you. Her her sole UMAC Player of the Week award this season. Uh, she obviously made it rain in one of those games with mm-hmm. uh, a bunch of three-pointers. I think 26 points scored in one of them. All right, next question. This one may be a little bit difficult. So there were four players who tallied exactly between 50 and 59 assists this season on the women's team. So four players. Uh, Hannah Geisfeld, we already established, has 99. So don't write Hannah Geisfeld, please. <laughs> um, y- your job... Write down four players, but if you name just three of them that are correct, uh, we'll get you the point, uh, half a bonus point if you can get all four. So we got so, four of the names that we think? So, yep, write right, four names that you think on there. between 50 and 59 assists this season. No Hannah Geistfeld. Looks like Kyrie has decided on two of his answers. Diligently working over the rosters. Struggling with the last two. Remember, about 27 games is played this season, so need to average about two per game to get in the 50 range. Okay. Again, I, I we haven't established hints at all. And I don't know. So about, okay. about two per game. Okay, so first off, uh, Kyrie answered Ashanti, Ashley, Laura and and Taryn. We got Brian here with Laura, Ashanti, Taryn, and Sarah. I like the Sarah Kaki guess. So okay, so here were the answers. Got We've got Ashanti. So you both got I that. To say her, she got injured. <laughs> We've got Laura Ellingheisen. We've got Sarah Kotke. Oh, yes, so sir. so Brian, you've got it. Um, I don't think either of you got four. The last one was Alexis Cloyd. Either oh, either of you answer no. Alexis. No. No. I so Brian, one point, but not the extra bonus point. Brian, you got a three-one lead on it on Kyrie here. Hey, he he be on Twitter, man. I don't be on Twitter like that. No, that is facts. I do. I do check out the stats. All right. Fourth question now. What was the? You won't need to look at the rosters for this one. So, what was the longest winning streak that the women's team went on this season? I need the exact number to get the point. I know our we we was winning. Com- I know we started conference. We didn't win. Then we lost. Very first one. <laughs> two. Can we know their overall record this year? Or is that too much of a hint? Um. Yeah. Too much of a hint. Well, not really, but I, I, I won't. I won't. That's too. I feel like that's fair. That's fair. I want to say it was like twelve or something, like something in that range. It was definitely double digits. Cause I'm gonna just go with twelve. That's a lucky number. What do we got? We got. <laughs> we got Kyrie answering twelve. Brian with 13. Unfortunately, he was only 10. The streak was snapped uh, near the end of the regular season against Northwestern. Had they continued it, it would have been 
Well, it would have been 13 uh, without the Northwestern loss, including the North Central and and they played Northland games afterward. But the, their best win streak in program history was 12 games. They only got to 10 this season. All right, final question. Who led the team in three-point shooting percentage, minimum 10 attempts? Only needed 10 attempts. This is when I was mentioning to you earlier before the before we started, this is the exact stat we looked up. And I <laughs> forgot. <laughs> I forgot. Brian was saying he was looking up uh, some three-point percentages. So let's see if he can come up with the correct answer. I feel like it's honestly, you said 10 attempts? Minimum 10 attempts. Carrie, are you looking at, at that? Do you know. want to change your I answers? I, or? I think I want to change my answer. I don't know. I'm confident she was rookie of the year. <laughs> All right. So we've got Brian with Alexis Cloyd. Uh, sorry, Kyrie with Alexis Cloyd. Brian with Hannah Geisfeld. Neither of you were correct. It was one Skylar Cotton. 14 oh. attempts, 7 of 14, shot 50%. On the season, like the yeah. Yeah, the, that's a good question. The minimum ten, yeah. po- ten attempts, uh, not too many needed. Uh, Abby Nelson, by the way, also shot fifty percent on the year, four for eight. But um, wanted to narrow it down to one answer. Okay, so we've got a tiebreaker, Brian. This will be more important for you since you did beat Kyrie here three to one, but but both of you play it. So our tiebreaker question is: How many offensive rebounds did Laura Ellingheisen have? Um, and we're just going to go with who's closest. I mean, if you get it. Laura Ising. Okay, I know who. Um, Laura Ellingson. Just one game. Uh, oh, wow. Single single uh, season. season. All season, how many offensive rebounds? All season long. I think she played in every game this year except for one, I want to say. So it would have been about 26 games played. Offensive rebounds. All right, I'm going to go with. I feel like I'm low ball. <laughs> 14 and 12 are our answers. Kyrie, you were closest with 14. Uh, answer was 31. And it, oh, especially why? later why? on in the season, she was really crashing the offensive yeah, okay. glass a little bit. 31 offensive rebounds for her. So let's see. That puts you 17 away. And Brian, ni- your answer was, was 12. Yeah, 12. Puts you at 19 away, if my math is correct. Well, that's all I have for you guys. Thank cool. you so much for playing some Bethany Trivia. Again, congratulations. Brian Smith winning our, our men's Bethany Trivia. We'll see how that stacks up against the women's team. I know Brock has some tough questions for them. <laughs> so this was Brian, Kyrie. Congratulations on fabulous careers, your awards this season. It's been great to have you on. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for having us. We are now joined by two women that would be on the Mount Rushmore of Bethany women's <laughs> basketball. Hannah Geisfeld. <laughs> The career leader in field goals, games played, games started, rebounds, points, and was just named for the UMAC Player of the Year for her third straight season. Abby Olson, third in the all-time scoring in program history, first in three-pointers and three-point percentage, as well as the newcomer of the year in her freshman season. How are you both doing today? Good. Good. (laughs) We appreciate you joining us again for the third straight season. You guys are a blast to have on the show. Obviously, this past week maybe didn't go as we wanted it, but let's go way back, going into the season. This is your fifth season, uh, Hannah, coming in. What was your mindset? Because you had so much you already accomplished, so what were you trying to go for uh, this year? Obviously, going into the year, we always talk about our goals as a team, and our goals are to win the conference and then win the conference tournament and go to the national tournament. So it's 
kind of sucks right now being in this position that we came up short, but we just have so much to look back at and be grateful for. And everything happens for a reason too. But that's always our goals coming into the year. And you both played on the national team that went to Brazil. Uh, you can start at Abby. What was that experience like? Oh, it was crazy. Just seeing, meeting new people, seeing new things. It was an amazing experience and I'm really glad I got to do it with Hannah. Mm-hmm. Me too. I'm super grateful. Abby and I have definitely been through a ton together. So just adding that to our list of things that we've accomplished or done together is just yeah something I'll never forget. And then you come into this year, then obviously uh, you've accomplished so much, but you even added to it. You even increased your scoring percentage. Uh, you passed the 2,000 points, 1,000 rebounds, and Abby was on the sideline with the, with the poster <laughs> or the signage pumping you up. So do you ever get surprised of all the accolades that you got, Hannah, throughout the year? Nine, UMAC, <laughs> like when is, does that hit you during the season? I mean, yeah, every, it's exciting every time it happens. I never like just get sick of it or anything, but I mean, yeah, I, I look forward to it and it's kind of exciting, I guess. Different things coming out. How about you, Abby? Your new role where you gave him like the handshakes and the starting yeah. lineups, <laughs> pumping up on the sideline. How was this season for you? Well, it was sad to start with, but I basically had to get into my new role of being their biggest fan. And I was Hannah's biggest fan the whole season. So I'm just so proud of her and everything she's accomplished this season. And she knows that I would yell at her if she didn't make a layup or she didn't make a free throw. <laughs> But I'm just so happy and proud of all the girls this year. Everybody stepped up. So, What do you think was your biggest key of winning your third straight UMAC uh, Player of the Year, Hannah? What do you think that was your biggest key of being so successful this year? I would just say at the beginning of the year, my coaches kind of sat down with me and they said, you know, what are your goals for this season? And we talked about those individual and team goals and my coach Emma just told me if you wanna if you wanna achieve those goals you need to show up and act like it every single day at practice. So I really mm -hmm. just tried to go into every practice and go as hard as I could, try to run as fast as I could on our sprints. <laughs> I try to try to finish first, but it's pretty unusual that it ever happened. But can never really catch Abby Nelson. I don't know if you guys have seen Abby Nelson run, but she's she's really fast, so fast. She's a sportsman <laughs> uh, player of the year or yes. for the Bethany. She yeah. deserves it. She's too. awesome. I'm so proud of her. She's such a great teammate. Mm -hmm. I think that, like, attributes to Hannah's success is, like, all of our teammates, like, bought in to what our program is, mm -hmm. and that's getting the ball to Hannah. <laughs> so I just feel like all of our teammates just bought in, and, like, that's how we had a successful season, too. Mm -hmm. So And buying in, of course, uh, Abby wasn't able to play this year, and then Sarah Kotke went down. How did you really rally the troops, if you will? Because... You guys lost two of your best players, and you still right. won yeah. UMAC a regular season. Mm -hmm. Yeah, obviously, at the beginning of the year, it was really tough for me to know that I wasn't going to play with Abby because Abby and I just have a special bond that probably nobody will understand except for us. Mm -hmm. And she's one of my best friends, so that like that was really tough to hear. Obviously, I'm very happy for her, <laughs> and she will be a great mom. But, oh. um, yeah, same, same thing with Sarah. Sarah's one of my closest friends, so just seeing her go down is almost – more mentally tough just mm -hmm. to because you know your friends are struggling to like it's hard to not be on the floor so just seeing them struggle in that sense is really tough but I just told everybody like the whole season everybody has a job and you have to do your job to the best of your ability and now some people just had to step up and start doing their job more often not do things that are outside of your comfort zone like for example 
Ashley and Haley had to really step up when Sarah went down and they're not the same as Sarah, but they started doing more of the things that they are good at, which allowed us to be more successful, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Abby, when you're on the sideline, you usually like the guard, you see the court as a point guard, you see the whole thing and you're on the sideline. But like you said, uh, you were in Hannah's ear. How did you do on like on the bench? What was, what did you try to add to the team? Because I know you're a big help with that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I just tried to, it's it's so weird, like playing and then being on the sideline, seeing different things. And I tried to just to see what they weren't seeing. And I just tried to be the little coach in their ear when they would come off and I would be like okay this is what you need to do this is what you need to work on you're doing a good job of this but I just tried to be their biggest fan when they were maybe getting yelled at too much but I don't know I just kind (laughs) of know how it felt to get yelled at Lyle yells at you guys (laughs) yeah no (laughs) but I don't know I just just tried to hype them up and just be there for them because it was hard you came in with Hannah guys while you're as freshmen Hannah's elevated each and every year, like we said. Mm-hmm. What did you notice from the first day that Hannah came into the last? Like, what? How did she oh, become gosh. the player? Because <laughs> oh, you got to see it firsthand. Yeah, oh, it was like so long ago to like think about so coming crazy. in. Like, I can't even remember our freshman year, but I just remember like, yeah, she works hard. Yeah, but like now, how hard Hannah works and like what leader she's like become, it's amazing. Like, people respect her in so many different ways. And, I don't know, it's just crazy how she's become the player she is. And I'm so proud. <laughs> and if we went over all the awards you won, Hannah, we'd be here until um, midnight. But you've won a, <laughs> a lot of them. What is the most the award that you're most proud of out of all of them? Like, honestly, it's not even individual. It's team, and it's just beating Bethel, Bethel in the <laughs> national tournament. Like. Yeah. That's by far my favorite memory and the best feeling that I've ever had as a basketball player. And just walking off that floor, silencing their gym Mm -hmm. with thousands of fans in front of our tiny amount of fans with literally my best friends. Mm -hmm. It was the best feeling in the world. Yeah. And then, yeah, the scope of it, that's what we, I tried to say on the broadcast and what we talked about the opening is this past Friday night when you guys lost to look at like the whole sphere because of the dynasty you built. But what were the, that when you got taken out with one second on Friday night, <clears throat> uh, what were the emotions? What were going through your head? <laughs> yeah, I don't think it really hit me until literally there was like one second left <laughs> in the game that I was like, wow, like this is probably my last collegiate basketball game ever. Mm-hmm. So that as soon as that hit me, that really, I don't know. I was overwhelmingly sad, obviously. I, I don't even know. My body felt numb, felt like it really wasn't real. Um, but it, yeah, looking back at the video, Gabe took a video and it was just like a really cool honor that there was like a standing ovation. And even just to see the, like, the whole Morris bench and coaches and their mm-hmm. fans too, super respectful. Yeah. And that means a lot to me. I'm glad that I think Laura made that follow with <laughs> one second. So yeah. you guys got that yeah. ovation. I'm glad, too. I'm glad they took us out for that last second. Just sub out one last time, I guess. And what are your guys' plans now? We'll turn the leaf here. Um, (laughs) What are you guys' plans now? You graduated in May. Where where are you guys going? Do you have an idea? Oh, gosh. I don't know. I can go first. Okay, you go first. (laughs) So I honestly right now have no idea (laughs) where I'll be next year. Yet, there's a potential that I continue to play basketball overseas. There's... Maybe I'll be a GA and help coach somewhere. Maybe I'll coach here. Maybe I'll just be an elementary education teacher. Honestly, it's totally up in the air right now, so <laughs> stay tuned, I guess. 
Oh my gosh, this is like me and Hannah's life. I really don't know either. <laughs> I know, obviously, yeah. I'll be having a baby this summer, so that's where I'll be. But obviously, I'm going to graduate, and I'm not sure if I'm going to go to grad school, but I really like what I'm doing right now with working with special education, so I might continue with that. Awesome. But I'm not sure. Well, congratulations <laughs> on your baby Thank you. and your guys' career. Um, I'm sure Katie Joel will have to keep us updated on the Twitter and all everything about where you guys go next. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last question before we get to our trivia game is, <laughs> Hannah, what is your message to people that, I know you touch a lot of people, like younger girls look up to you to play basketball. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you become the player uh, like you became? Uh, what is your message to, for them to uh, be their best themselves? I think it all comes down to your effort and your attitude. What's your attitude when you show up every single day and what's your effort level going to be? Just show up every day, work as hard as you can with a good attitude. I think that's how I've gained a lot of respect from my teammates is just trying to really preach to all of them how important all of their roles are and how much I'm just so grateful to just spend every single day with them. And so, yeah, effort and attitude is just the biggest thing. And then Abby, how about how do you become the best shooter? The best shooter in Bethany history. How did you become that? Get in the gym. <laughs> I don't know. I wasn't really a good shooter coming in. And I literally remember my after my freshman year, I was in the gym every day when I was living at home. I wasn't even working on theories. I was just doing everything, like pull-ups and everything, just trying to get the rhythm down. So just get in the gym, even during class times. Like I remember right. me and Hannah would, hey, you going to go to the gym? Yeah, let's go to the gym. So just getting in the gym. I would say, and working hard. Good memes, me, you, and Jared shooting shots all our last yeah. five years. <laughs> That's awesome. He, uh, he might be a part of this uh, trivia that oh, we're going to yeah. get here. Of course. I don't know. Yeah, th- this is what's going to happen. We're going to ask you, or I'm going to ask you five questions. Uh, the answer is one of the team members of this year. You got a roster in front of you. It could be a player, coach. And Brian just beat Kyrie three to one. Oh gosh. Okay. So we want to see who wins between you two and see uh, who can, can beat there? Brian. Five. See okay. if we can beat Brian. Yeah. And if there is a tiebreaker question. Ooh. Okay. So, okay. Excited. Okay. So ready? <laughs> yeah. All right. This uh, first question this team member scored 30 points versus Crown this year, which was the most by any team member in a game this season. Who was it? Oh, man. We're going to do one at a time. So when you have the answers, just let me know and we'll show the board to the camera <laughs> and uh, I'll let the people that are listening to the audio. All right. Are you ready? Wait, yeah. what am I doing? Show it to the camera. Oh, right there. I don't know All if this right. is yeah, right. Yeah, I think I'm guessing too. Okay. I think this is right. I don't know. Okay, go ahead. I said B. I said Hunter. Hunter is Dang correct. Yes. Uh, come on, Brian. You left me hanging there. I thought it would be. I think him. Brian was close one game. Well, the same game. Maybe it was the same game. It was yeah, the same game. Both, like, they got the career high. Brian got 29 that's points. That's what, yeah. Oh, okay, so shoot. So okay. Abby has one point. Yay. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> the second question. This team member holds the record for all-time field goals made. Ooh. Okay. All right. Go ahead. I guess it's TK. Kyrie. Oh, we got a tie. Hannah Geisfeld is oh, correct. Oh, it's TK. Yes. Trenton Krieger okay, has 478. Kyrie has 473. Wait, so. Trent's a part of this? I yeah, it coaches. Co- coach and Oh, okay. <laughs> I didn't even look. Sorry, Trent. <laughs> all right, third question. We're all tied here. This team member has the fifth most assists all time in program history. Fifth? Fifth. Top five, that's still some respect. No, that's not what I meant. I just mean like, <laughs> <laughs> that's... It's tough. I, I, don't know I literally... 
It's all right. It's okay. one of the two. I don't know. One of the two. Okay, I'm going back then. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. Okay. My guess is Kyrie. Oh, that's what I said. Kyrie. It's not Kyrie. It's Brian. Is it Jared? No. Dang no. it. I was going to say Jared. It? It's not Brian either? No. Assist? Program history. T- Trent? Pat Garvin. Pat, Pat? Pat oh, Garvin, shoot. fifth all time. Garvin. I don't really know anything about Pat Garvin while he played. Yeah, I didn't really notice until he came uh, to coach, and then all of a sudden when I'm looking at the school records, his name Shoot. pops up. That was hard. <laughs> Sorry, Garvin. Sorry. <laughs> okay, going to question f- uh, Is this four? I think this is think four. So. <laughs> yeah, question four. So you guys have to get the last two to tie Brian. <laughs> I don't know. I, okay. All right, this team member led the team in turnovers this year. Oh, no. Probably Jared. Just kidding. <laughs> kidding shoot uh turnovers well, okay i want to right know. it's kind of i feel bad saying this, this is really but i feel like it has to be the person who has the ball the most and almost yeah. the most so brian okay well i said Kyrie because i knew you're gonna say brian he has the ball the most oh no you would expect a point guard to have yeah the you're both wrong what the heck gosh it is Jared. <gasps> you were right. You should have seen 68. However, oh, he is Jared. one of the three players that pl- started all 26 games. Yeah. He's uh, played a lot of games. So. And part of that, he became the all-time leader in games played in yep. Bethany history. Oh, dang. All right. <laughs> Sorry. So, so this last fifth question is just going to see who wins between you two. <laughs> Brian Smith, the first team all-conference today, and he's going to be the winner. Between the two teams. But the Women Award is still available here. Last question. All right. Who led the Vikings in three-point percentage this year with at least 40 attempts? Hmm. So they had to shoot at least 40 times. 40 attempts. If, um, we're wrong, if we're wrong, can we have a second guess? There's a tiebreaker at the end. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, um, okay I'm I've been wrong now. this whole time with the person, so I was going to say him again, but I'm not. <laughs> Okay, what's your guess? Jared. I said Trump. Yeah, I'm too hard on these uh, questions. <laughs> this was supposed to be the toughest one. Ryan Samuelson. Okay, I was actually thinking him. Oh. 47.8%. Sure. Jared was second with 36%. Oh my gosh, he suck. <laughs> no, they're tough. One I, for five. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I spelled Shrup wrong. I spelled S-H-R-U-P. <laughs> That's oh well. funny. All right, it comes down to the tiebreaker. Okay. This one's huge. Oh my god, this is gonna be so hard. So it's whoever gets closest. This isn't on a person's name because this is a number. Just okay. so we break it's it. It's a number. Yeah. So mm-hmm. how many steals did Jacob Malinkovich have this year? I feel like steals. I should know this. Steals. I feel like his dad should have told me this. <laughs> <laughs> how many games did they play? Twenty. Twenty-six-ish. You guys helping each other. That's awesome. And Teamwork. How many? Is he the leader in steals? Do you know? I don't know. I don't know. Okay, <laughs> I'm just going to do some math here. I'm just going <laughs> to 27 games. You're, you're going to be a teacher, you said, Probably at some point. Like, Is it a math teacher that you're going to be, or what, what grade? Or what uh, elementary. Okay. Whatever grade. Kindergarten through sixth grade. I don't know. I'm just going to guess. This is probably wrong. Way wrong. Way off. I don't know either. Okay, I'm just going to say... I feel like I'm like low. 76. Oh, I'm so low. I said 44. Abby Olsen is no! closest. It's 32 steals. Oh, dang it. Yeah, the second most steals 
uh, on the team. First was Brian Smith, Good who job, led Jacob. the UMAC in steals, Ooh. but was not on the all-defensive team. That's so another snub. Makes sense. Yeah. Dang. Well, Abby gets to add more, one more thing to her accolades. <laughs> Hannah, you're going to have to stay pat with your 100 Dang awards. It. You don't get 101. Yeah, Abby was the winner yeah, of nice. the... That was fun. Bethany trivia. Yeah, Hannah sent me something like last year. You should do some Bethany uh, trivia. So oh, I was nice. thinking if she wins her third straight UMAC Player of the Year award, I, oh. I'll do it. So oh, thank you. <laughs> All right. Well, we want to thank one last time, Brian Smith, Kyrie coming on the show. Thank you, Hannah and Abby. I'm glad you both came. You came in together, going out together. Uh, that closes the book on the winter sports season. Come back next week for the spring special uh, spring break episode where we preview and review some of the spring athletics that's already happened. I'm Brock Aker. Thank you for listening to the Bethany Vikings podcast.